This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, where your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Pelkey, and Michael Schwartz, educate you on anything and everything related to our Second Amendment right. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments, or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now here comes Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, and your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. Welcome back to Gun Sports Radio. Happy Super Bowl if that's your gig. It's not ours. We're into your Second Amendment rights. And this hour is brought to you by our good friends at Cali Key. And you'd love Cali Key. If you have an AR-15 or 10, you could instantly make it a California-compliant rifle. For more information, check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system (laughs) may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. You know, bad guys don't take days off, and neither does U.S. Law Shield. What's your plan after after you defend yourself or your family? You better get U.S. Law Shield. Consider a plan from them. Check them out at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. All right. Who we, who's going to introduce Judy, Judy, Judy? Yeah. So, um, you know, normally our, our brother Joe does his amazing segment every week, which Joe, I got to hand it to you, man. It, it, awesome. It's, it's great stuff. He always comes up with this amazing stuff. So don't miss Joe's segment, except for this time. Um, what we're trying to do is have uh, Judy Wells on. Judy Wells is uh, a facilitator and instructor for A Girl in a Gun, uh, San Diego, right here in San Diego. She's a force of nature uh, when it comes to uh, gun laws and, well, you know, just shooting in general and, and protection and, and ladies' things. So we're fortunate enough to have Judy on. Judy, how you doing today? Hi, Judy. Hi, everybody. How are you doing this afternoon? We're doing terrific. Have you ever been called a force of nature before? She's a force of nature at San Diego. You know what? I got to admit, that was pretty cool. I thought you need a t-shirt. Well, yeah. I'm the force Force of nature. nature. Get away. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So today, I have brought somebody on with me, and her name is Barb. And Barb has been shooting most of her life. She's on the board of the San Diego County Gun Owners. That's, yeah. And she's former military and law enforcement. And as well, more importantly, Kathy and I are really fortunate to have her teach with us every event that we do for a girl and a gun. So what we're going to talk about today is a real brief, brief overview of the OODA loop. Now, most of the shooters out there know this as the OODA loop. But a bunch of old timers that I hang out with tell me that Colonel Boyd hated that. So what we did was we're going to talk about that in terms of a CCW holder or gun owners or just being around in your general life, because even though it was created for combat operations, we can apply its logic to daily situational awareness. So, Barb, why don't you tell us about the OODA loop? Okay. Well, thank you for the introduction, Judy. Um, The OODA loop is... Observe, orient, decide, and act. And knowing and using the OODA loop gives you a tool that complements situational awareness, which is extremely critical, especially if you're a concealed carry uh, person. Um, Basically, the loop breaks down into four parts, the first being observe. And it 
You're aware of your surroundings by constantly observing for things out of place or threats and aware of your environments and what areas look dark and what areas are there people around or not around or where are my exits and safer places. So the first thing is just be aware of your surroundings and be observant of them. Really take them in. The second is to orient that. You orient the events around you by evaluating cultural traditions, using your previous experience, what does that mean to me? Have I had problems with it before? You know, taking in new information and ask yourself, what am I seeing? Is there a smell? What does it mean and how does it make me feel? So, wait, so something I'm confused about, you said cultural traditions or events. Does that mean, for example, you're walking down the street, maybe in some neighborhoods or some areas, if you look at someone in the eye, that's a challenge or it's, a, you know, a questioning their authority, where in other neighborhoods, maybe not, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about. What you know of other people's cultures and traditions or even of your own, and then you, you apply that to what you're seeing. So you're identifying things, you're observing things, and you're orienting them to what you know to be a threat or a non-threat. So the next would be to take that information that you've now gained by observing and orienting it to life and decide, make a decision based on the input that you have, what's the best course of action? And the important thing here is to make that decision and don't worry specifically at that point in time why you're making the decision. A lot of times women will say, well, you know, it's not polite if I, you know, cross the street or if I, if I, you know, stop walking or get out of someone's way or something. Well, don't worry about that. Your first two parts of the loop have brought you information that have led you to this decision, so go with it. And that's the last part is the action. That's where your mind tells your body, I don't like what's coming at me. Maybe it's time to cross the street. I'm going to go cross the street, and you do it. So I know when you're talking, I was thinking about this uh, thing that a psychologist told me once in terms of a woman's self-defense and uh, what they think. And she told me that most women don't pay attention to their spidey senses, even though they might do the things that you said, like observe and uh, orient orient, decide and act, that they might see somebody walking down the street and they don't, it doesn't fit the stereotypical form of maybe the guy in the black hoodie looking all, you know, tweaky or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe somebody and they're not really paying attention to what could be a threat. So they don't pay attention to their spidey senses. And and also maybe at home, if they're in a domestic violence situation, they've kind of trained the danger signals out of themselves. So they might not pay attention to the little hair standing on the side of their, standing up on the back of their neck. So how do you override all those things when you're trying to make a decision to act? Well, the first thing is to realize that you have that. And uh, to realize that you've been told, you know, well, be nice to people. You always have to say hi and talk to strangers. You always have to do these things. It's important to realize that that may be a cultural tradition that had been instilled in you from what your culture was. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm saying you recognize it for what it is. And then realize that you are responsible for your personal safety, and if you don't feel right about a situation, you're probably taking in 
what you see and those nonverbal communication uh, that occur between people in that there's something out of place. You don't have to put a name onto it if it makes you feel uncomfortable or like you you need to move from where you're at because you're in some sort of vague danger. You just got to decide to go with your feelings and do it. And sometimes that takes training, that takes exposure to the whole concept and really thinking about what you need to do to make yourself safe because you are the one that's going to be responsible for your safety. So let's talk. I know that as you're talking, I'm thinking about all the women who walk down the street looking down at their phones and they feel like it's better for them to kind of not look up at anybody or not. They want to make themselves small when in fact, I've heard quite the opposite that you should make yourself big and don't look like a victim and look at the person who's approaching you as you observe and orient. Is that true? That is 100% true. And that's why the first O is for observation. You can't be observing anything if you're looking at your phone. Put the phone away in what we call transitional spaces going from point A to point B when you're out and about. Look around. See who's around you. You know, you want to make sure that you are able to identify threats before they get to you so you can mitigate it by either leaving or taking another track or somehow getting away from it. And that's okay to do, is to go ahead and be observant, be confident in yourself, because you don't want to act like a victim and act like you're an easy victim. You want to to basically give your nonverbal cues to everybody else saying, hey, I got this, I see you, I know you're a threat, I'm going elsewhere. I had an interesting conversation uh, briefly. Hold hold that thought, Judy, because I think we're bringing you back for another segment. So don't forget it. Write it down on a piece of paper. That's what I do. You're listening to FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, California's assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Convert any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight-pull bolt-action rifle so it could have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right. Hey, we're back, folks. We got Judy Wells on the line, and she has a special guest as well. Hi, Judy. Hi. Uh, So, Barb is with me here, and we were just talking about the ODA loop. But I'm going to wrap this around to another situation that I had happen this last week that was pretty amazing. And uh, I'm going to bring it back because this young woman that we have in our community um, is practicing these this observe, orient, decide, and act in a real, real-time situation. When she was in high school, she had a boyfriend. And let's just say that after they graduated, his life took a downward turn. And he got into substances and grew up to be a felon. He 
was in prison for the past 10 years, and he's a legitimate and credible stalker who, uh, as in the last couple weeks, he has been arrested for abduction, torture, sodomize, rape, and kidnap. So if she had any doubt at all that this guy could be any kind of a, a threat, there's no doubt now. It's all happening. So we spent the week working with this young woman in exactly how to run this loop and what could happen. So Tatiana Whitlock came out, and she was coming for a class to teach. She was coming to teach some classes, and she came out a week early so that we could run this young woman through an incredible learning opportunity. And I have to tell you, from the day we started with this young woman who had never touched a gun before, who wasn't even sure that this stalker was a threat, we came to a full circle of training on a range, and I want to tell you just a little bit how that went. So day one, we spent establishing trust between Tatiana and this young woman, because before we turned her into a gunslinger, right, we had to <laughs> let her know that there was trust and there was confidence and that we had faith in her and that we understood the situation. So we spent the whole first day working with her in her office, talking about shapes and her environment and how to read uh, walking down the street from her office, walking into her office, coming out of her office within this cluster of offices where she worked and reading the hallway in the lobby. So we spent that whole day working on situational awareness and skills and techniques. The next day, we took the same set of skills, but we repeated it in her home, and we talked about a self-defense plan for her, and we worked with low light and how to use a flashlight and how to solve the self-defense problem that would come up. We would observe and orient and decide and act within the confines of our office and the confines of her home. In the afternoon, we spent the afternoon, weirdly enough, which I've never seen this done, but she was afraid of the gun, and so was her fiancé. And what they did is they took the gun apart. Tatiana put it apart, put it on the, took it apart, put it on the table, and literally took away all the mystique of a firearm. So we had a pile of springs and plastic and metal and lube and all that stuff on the table. And by the time we were done and we put the gun back together, it wasn't scary anymore. It was a tool to do a job. And then we spent the rest of the afternoon dry firing. So we took all the mystique and all the scary out of the firearm, which was phenomenal. I've never seen it taught that way. But I can tell you, for those of you who are instructors out there, it was a remarkable change in the fear level that these two people had from never seeing a gun, holding a gun, having a gun in their hand. The next day, we hit the range, and we did that to desensitize her to the sounds and to give her first shots and to be a confidence builder. She did a phenomenal job because of the hour, two hours we spent on dry fire the day before. Um, we started with some benign targets, and we shot circles and squares and geometric shapes, and then we built her up to a safe, methodical way and looking at a target that was a threat, so a more humanoid target, someone that might look like your boyfriend. We called him Richie. He's actually a target that Tatiana uses all the time in her threat scenarios. 
So um, we went through that day. She did a phenomenal job. And then we decided the next day we wanted to bring her to the range to make sure we retained the, her skills. Now, she you can imagine she um, was very tied to Tatiana, coming through an emotional journey of um, this trying to reconcile in her head this stalker who was her ex-boyfriend who was this regular dude in high school was now this felon and she really had to reconcile those two things so coming from that emotional viewpoint she was very much tied to Tatiana so we thought okay we're going to bring in her next instructor which was Barb because of course you don't want to instruct your you know anybody that you know that's close to you so we brought Barb in to kind of transition her over to from Tatiana to Barb and we engaged multiple targets. We had her try different guns and different problem-solving skills, and she became very aware of what she needed to do to, to understand um, her, her observe, orient, decide, and act. Tatiana had to leave, so that's why we had to bring Barb in because she's going to start coming to a girl in a gun. So on day five, Tatiana and this young woman returned to home, and they worked with the blue gun, and they learned to um, move about her home in a safe setting and to what she had to do to, um, you know, if this person came up the staircase and what she had to do in her own home. And something happened there that was really interesting. So she, the, Tatiana started the clock to see how long this would take her. And this young woman ran up the stairs and went right for the gun, forgetting all the things in between that you can do. You can shut the door. You can put the brace on the door. You have to have your phone with you. All these things you do when you want to have a plan, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we practiced it several times. I'm going to say maybe 10 times we practiced grabbing her phone, running up the stairs, shutting the door, bracing the door, putting something against the door, running to the nightstand, grabbing the firearm, orienting herself in that environment and where she had to go. And we actually also practiced uh, teamwork with her and her fiancé, right? What was going to happen, what she had to do and communicate. So all these things have to do with the ODA loop and how you can orient and observe and decide and act. So it was a phenomenal week of training, and I think I learned things as an instructor. I learned so many things to do that things you can do instead of thinking right to the gun and going right to the gun. So just really quickly, I want to remind everybody that a Girl in a Gun chapter this month is going to be talking about self-awareness. At Trigger Time on uh, the second Tuesday of the month, we're going to be talking about the ODA loop and how to operate in your own home with that, in your own life. And then on February 27th, uh, U.S. Law Shield is going to come and run an active shooter presentation, uh, Getting Out Alive. So you can reach us on Facebook at San Diego Girl in a Gun, and you can, or you can shoot us an email at a girl in a gun SD, San Diego at gmail.com. So it was an, an amazing week, and I just wanted you to hear about that. Yeah, it really sounds like it. And, and going back to your previous segment, uh, and I appreciate Barbara Starr coming on. Of course, she's a executive board member for San Diego County Gun Owners. Um, you know, I, you you talked about having the spidey sense. Um, I I talk to people about when when a when a lady is creeped out, 
she's creeped out for a reason. You know, you got to listen to her. So it's interesting yep. when you say that ladies don't uh, sometimes listen to their own, you know, senses uh, when it comes. So. Yeah. And the, another thing, too, with the, the OODA loop that Barb was talking about or you guys are talking about is you have to remember criminals are doing that, too. And um, when they're selecting you as a victim, they're going through their own OODA loop. And you realizing that, being aware of it and getting in there and disrupting their loop is uh, another thing you want to be aware of for your self-defense stuff. Yeah, that's a really important part. Um, I also had a fascinating conversation with some dads this week of girls, and they were talking about how the new norm is not to encourage their daughters to kiss or hug, you know, Uncle Joe or that stranger that they just met because it teaches them to not pay attention to their own inner feelings and their own, you know, spidey senses. If they don't want to hug somebody, yep. you shouldn't make your daughter hug stuff. Whereas when I was growing up, it was like, you know, hug Mr. Jones and, you know, go right. over and say hi to Mr. Jones. And the little girl's going, no, I don't want to, I don't want to. And yep. as dads now, the whole narrative has changed on how we should pay attention to what our and little boys, little girls yep. and little boys yes. are telling us. Yeah. Well, and you bring up some good points and that's why we appreciate you having you on the show because you bring that perspective, you know, from the ladies side, uh, we talk about a lot of issues and, and of course we're inclusive when we talk about those, but you know, you really drive them home when you talk about them. So those are some, uh, some very, very good points. Well, we appreciate you coming on and, and a, a girl in the gun, uh, find a girl in the gun on Facebook. Is that correct? A girl in the gun, San Diego. Yep, you can find it at Girl and a Gun San Diego on Facebook or email me at a girl and a gun SD, like San Diego, at gmail.com. Yeah, that's fabulous. Well, we appreciate you again having you on and look forward to having you on again on the first week of uh, March. Yep, we'll be there. Thank you so much. All right, kiddo. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. We're going to take a small break. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio. You can check out all our podcasts on gunsportsradio.com. Make sure you check those out. But right now, we're going to take a small break. Why? Because this is FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back. This is Gun Sports Radio. Don't forget you can go to gunsportsradio.com, find out all our podcasts, place for you to send uh, questions, and, uh, you know, just give us some comments, positive, negative. We don't care. We want to make this show for you, the gun owner, the Second Amendment rights owner, and just you in general, because we need to stick together to keep this fight going in the positive direction. Do you need to take a CCW class for your San Diego CCW license? What, maybe even in Arizona, Florida, or multi-state? Well, visit ccwusa.com. At CCWUSA, they offer a small class size, expert instructions to fit your schedule and your wallet. Three classes every month, two weekend classes, all starting at 8 a.m. Classes fill up quickly, so book now. Privately, Private lessons are available as well. Great dates, times to meet your busy schedule. Check their website for details on how to apply for your San Diego or other multi-state CCW at CCWUSA.com. That's CCWUSA.com. 
hey, have you folks been to A.O. Sword Firearms in El Cajon? <laughs> They've got the widest selection of guns in San Diego County, and they have over 600 unique guns in stock, including hundreds of used guns. I don't know if anybody's got more used guns than they do. Go see their full-service experienced gunsmith. This guy can do everything from mild repairs to full custom firearms. A.O. Sword Firearms store located at 929 East Main Street is in the city of El Cajon. Go to their website at aosword.com or you can call at 619-749-4867. Build, buy, or repair. A.O. Sword Firearms is your go-to place for all things firearms. That's aosword.com or call them at 619-749-4867. Normally, David Chong calls in, but uh, he's tied up today and he's not able to do so. So jumping in his place is Joe the blogger. So we'll talk about so just because um, just because I didn't do my regular blogging segment doesn't mean I wasn't writing this week. That's right. So, well, uh, we knew that. Well, hey, where just, do people find your blogs? Uh, SDCGO.org, our webpage, or San Diego County com. If you go to the website, click on the blog button, you'll see 98 Whoa. of them now, I think. So I have to say, Mike's not here, and I was hoping he was going to be here. So I'm at Albertsons buying groceries. This little lady comes walking by with an NRA shirt, <laughs> and the whole front of it's ammo, you know. <laughs> so I just had to go over, and I'll say, you know, and, and I see, he goes, yeah, I've heard about your radio show. I said, we heard about San Diego County Gunners. Yeah, I belong. I've never participated, but I belong. Oh, <laughs> you have got to participate. So she's going to make sure she goes to the next meetings. We'll be looking for Kind of cool. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I look for that shirt. So I had to throw that out there just so that Mike would know that people are actually... Uh, well, I got a story for you, too, after Joe uh, does his thing. So. Okay, cool. I don't wait too long. You want to do your story or you want me to go? You go, baby. How long is your story? <laughs> is it a long one? A long story? Nope. Very short. Knock it out. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go, go. So that go, way he go, can go. stick because he's going to be thinking about your... Oh, that's true. Yeah, trying yeah, to give you airflow. Let him think about it. Oh, you're so bad. All right, go, Joe. All right. So that was that was the, the setup. Teaser. So, yeah, like I'm saying, Teaser. just because uh, I don't talk about the segment here on the first, uh, was the first week of each month now? Right. Um, doesn't mean I'm not right. You know, like uh, Captain Redlegs said, right, the Josie Wales there, it's oh. uh, ah. doing good ain't got no end, you yeah. know, so always writing. So, um, actually, yeah, this week, uh, what we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, I introduced um, the uh, CCW Lifestyle Series. And what that was mm. intended to be is a series of articles. I might do one, maybe two a month. Uh, just specifically on CCW stuff and trying to help people learn all the stuff that you have to learn because there's it a lot a more lifestyle. to it. No, you're right. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and to do it correctly, yeah, it really is a lifestyle. Yep. There's a whole bunch of stuff to think about. And the first article we did was um, was holsters and just mm-hmm. going through all the various options and uh, a bunch of different sources for holsters because it's yeah it's a very personal thing right so something that's really right for me is terrible for you well, it's, plus you're gonna you know, have like several boxes of them because that's just what happens yeah and it boxes. and it has a lot to do you know you can watch the youtube videos and these guys right. are saying oh this is great that's great but realistically it, it has a lot to do with your carry style the way you dress sure. your body type there's a whole bunch of things that go into it just yep. your personal preference so we did a thing on on uh, the holsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's out there. That's a good article. And the um, and the second one, yeah, what I did this week was belts. The next logical step, mm-hmm. gun belts, because a lot of people don't think about that. That okay, why do I need a special gun belt? I'll just use you know I've got a decent leather belt. I'll use that. Right. And which is how I start because this, this whole thing you evolve through all this stuff. Yeah. And um, you know when I first uh, I think the first um, the first gun belt I got was from Bigfoot. And uh, they do a steel core gun mm. belt. 
And uh, so it's a leather belt, and um, but there's a steel core in it, so it's nice and stiff. And the difference between that and what I thought was just a good belt was just like night and day. Mm-hmm. And then kind of evolved through that. Uh, Simply Rugged was another good company. It does a lot of really nice um, tooled leather holsters, and they also do belts and things. And I've got one of their belts, which is nice. And I finally evolved to where I'm at now is uh, a belt from Wright Leatherworks. It's their old world gun belt. And um, it's a really beautiful belt. It's all leather. There's no steel core, but it's thick. It's like a quarter inch thick. Neat. And it's nice, it's stiff, it's beautiful, and I just ordered a second one. <laughs> so I, where I've evolved now is I've, I've gone from, from inside the waistband carry with more of a synthetic holster, starting with Alien Gear, yep. to a hybrid that's got a little bit of Kydex, a little bit of leather. Then I, I finally moved to the outside the waistband. So now I think where I'm settling in at with the, for everyday carry is an outside the waistband holster from Wright Leather Works as well. So nice leather holster. Oh, good. Because I'm starting to appreciate leather now. Someone, um, someone was saying that uh, you know life's too short just to have ugly Kydex holsters. So uh, the leather got, ones are nice. You're thinking. right. They're they're comfortable and and um, yeah. And the one you know once you, you adjust your clothing a little bit now and you know the outside the waistband holster is really comfortable. I don't have to worry about pants that are a size big or a size small or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. the other thing it does outside the waistband is it makes your draw quicker and easier because of yeah. where you can locate the thing and how you can grip onto the gun. And that's another part of it I like. So just evolving through all that. So the second article this week was on on the gun belts. So uh, hopefully people That's will um, yeah take advantage of that kind of stuff. And uh, hopefully, like I said, I want to do a whole series of things. I've got probably twelve of them on deck now, but once or twice a month, maybe with something like that, just to uh, to help out because our CCW thing is rapidly growing here. The uh, the sheriff's issued two hundred and twelve new permits last month. Wow, which is a big record for uh, us so far. Yeah, so we're over thirty seven hundred permits now. Is that um, what it is now? Thirty seven hundred. Thirty seven twenty. I think. Did it we was. start like at eighteen hundred when we? You know, uh, officially, it was eleven. Is what they said. Is that what? Yeah. They, yeah when so, I, I started know, tracking remember. it, I think it was down around eighteen or something. Yeah. And um, so that's working out. You know the um, the workshops we do uh, eight of them each month. Uh, I had forty five people at the last one I did 45 and that was two weeks ago at Poway weapons and gear. Michael did the one this week up there and he had 45 it's again, picking up steam. Oh, he had a, a day before that. I think it was, he had 40 down at discount gun mart and then they had 25, which filled the room up at the North County. And where Shooting do people Center. find these? Uh, uh, where's um, the website? The, um, you can find them on our website, but all the, uh, San Diego the, County gun, San Diego County gunners.com or dot San Diego County gunners.com SDCGO.org. Oh, damn. And, um, but the ranges are now promoting them. So if you go to, if you're near Poway Weapons and Gear, if you go Good. to Discount Gun Mart, uh, the Glock Store, North County Shooting Center. So we're having them all over the place. So it's really growing. So it's a, um, this is going to be a good thing. Your here. blog is timely because a lot of people are just, uh, have been focusing on just getting information about finding out about how to get a CCW. But you're absolutely right that once you do, then you've got this whole nother set of problems or, or challenges. And that is, you're right. How do you carry? And then not just that, but as you say, you go through so many holsters and equipment and belts and things like that to, to settle in. Good well, point. I thought, you know, and unless you're immersed in it, I mean, I, I probably yes. read a lot more than a lot of people do, but the average yeah. person, okay, I got the permit now. Where, how do I find out all this stuff? You know, unless you're yeah. really in it, yeah. you don't know. So that's hopefully we can help those people out. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, um, and then, so my little deal, speaking of grocery store, Dave, mm-hmm. 
And speaking of CCW and the sheriff issuing, uh, I was in a local San Diego grocery store last night, and um, I uh, ran into Sheriff Gore. Ah. Actually, I didn't run into Sheriff Gore. I spotted Sheriff Gore, and and you know I and I don't like anybody that's a public uh, person official. I usually don't like to uh, disturb them in in public, but I, I have to tell you, I did. And the reason why it was, I thanked him. I thanked him for uh, stepping up and, and trusting uh, just us regular Americans with a huge responsibility uh, of, of, of ha- obtaining a CCW uh, and the right to, uh, you know, to defend ourselves um, and, um, and, and for doing that. And so, um, and I, I sent him a Christmas card. So, yeah, and I don't think they mind that kind of interruption. No, They're but you know, to hear that. I, yeah, I just wanted to thank him because, you know, before he was, you know, thinking the other way. And, uh, and, and good for him for, um, you know, making that, that policy change and allowing for all of us, you know, uh, the, uh, the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, to uphold our own responsibility. Well, you know, and the sheriff and, and his people, too, have done just a tremendous job. I mean, it's, it's night and day. They're, they're very, very helpful. They're very enthusiastic. Yeah. It does not look like this is going to go away. Yes. You know, people were afraid of that. Uh, he asked me about that. And he asked me about that. And he said, so, Lance, he goes, you know, how's it going with the with the issuing? And I said, well, um, you know, I said, uh, I was involved with the issuing. Uh, I got mine about a year ago. I said, they couldn't have been better. I said, you guys, you know, were issuing, you know, probably just a few before. And now, you know, back a year ago, now all of a sudden you're ramping up. And and I told him from what I heard uh, lately uh, you know they they've they've continued to do an amazing job with that, and again, yes, great attitude when we talk to people. Uh, just uh, uh, excellent staff. Well, and they're really working with it too. Michael talked to the under sheriff that runs the program uh, right. last week. Okay, and uh, the under sheriff told him that Permidium now they're planning to come online the really? first or second week of March. The other good thing is once that comes online, also in March is we're going to have um, real cards now that look like everybody else's oh, yeah. cards, as opposed to the that thing? the permit. Yeah, for those of you that have them, you know what we're talking about. It hangs out of my wallet? Yeah, it looks it looks like a fake ID that you would have made in high school. Right. And um, that's going to be going away in March as well. So when Permitium comes online, they're going to be doing that kind of stuff. We it, talked to them about raising the limit from three guns to six guns, and they're going to do that this year. So it's really moving along nicely. And tell our listeners what Permitium is. Oh yeah, we talked about that before. Permitium is a software that helps them process the uh, helps them process the permits and go through all the stuff that they have to go through. And it's being yeah. used by a number of counties around uh, California. Okay. So we brought that up to the sheriffs, and they looked at it and they went for it. And so now it's going to be coming online in uh, the beginning of March. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts on the on their side, you know, to get uh, the the approval process. Um, we talk about on our side about having uh, two interviews. Uh, you know, with the sheriff, but uh, they've they've got a lot on their side. Did he say anything? Uh, have you heard anything about fees going up, maybe or remaining? Unfortunately, the same? yeah. And he and they did say the fees are probably going to go up. They don't want to do that, but they're they're getting a lot of pressure because they don't really control this, or at least a lot of it. And they're getting pressure to raise uh, the fees. That it's not. Hopefully, it's not going to go up a lot. But he said you should probably expect the fees. Well, to go I can up see there's year. going to be a cost of you know uh, putting in permitium, but the flip side of that too might be might be a reduced uh, you know uh, people hours on their side. Well, you know it's interesting too because the permitium I don't think costs them so much because we the permit uh, applicants are actually paying for mm-hmm. the permitium. So so you see that there. But again, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of 
cost in processing all the stuff that they do. And they realistically, they were saying they haven't raised those fees have been the same forever. On the other, on the, where, the where, other hand, though, they don't have an issue forever. Where either, does that so. money go? Um, you know, from what they were saying, it goes just to support the processing. That's that's how it was. Well, it seems anyway. to me there's a lot of time in processing. Well, there's there's people that manual have, process. Well, you can make the argument too. They do a lot of stuff they probably don't have to be doing, but with the background checks and going through, you know, they've got a group of people that review all the packages. Yeah. So somebody's got to look at that stuff. It's a group of uh, some sworn officers, some civilians. And, you know, all that takes time and, you know, people, they have to pay people. So. Well, I think positive feedback to the sheriff in the form of writing him a little note or something is a great idea. So um, I encourage it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Everybody yeah. likes that. Everybody, Everybody likes, likes to hear that. that what they're doing is actually because they having an hear effect. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I totally agree. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to stump our nephew. Sam the Gunman. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cal Eke. Converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight-pull bolt-action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution, no milling, no aesthetic modification, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7. 365 days a year with the comprehensive self-defense coverage of an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off and neither does our coverage. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. All right, folks. Hey, you know, mortgage rates are really dropping. And this is a great time to maybe think about a refi. Maybe you want to buy a house. Maybe even sell a house or do a refi. Well, guess what? A re, uh, or reverse mortgage. That's another one that's really popular right now. Well, you need to call our guy. That's Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. That's PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1302 or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All right, we got our guy, Sam the Gunman. I got to tell you, Sam, Lance is coming up with that question, and he is as giddy as a little kid over here. So yes, be, I am. So be ready. Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is our, uh, our our Stump My Nephew uh, portion of the show, and I, I got to hand it to you, Sam, man. Amazing. He, you've been on now for a whole bunch of shows, a whole bunch of years, and your information has just been awesome. The depth of knowledge is we're we're still like reeling almost every time uh, we get off the off the the show uh, from your answers and I, I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time and right. and because you know you're a volunteer on this deal and uh, it and your love for the Second Amendment so uh, we we wanted to thank you again for your your time and calling in the show. 
Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I really enjoy it. It's, uh, as I've joked before, the the high point of my week, if you will. <laughs> um, and uh, I I really enjoy it. But you guys have been giving me a run for my money these past few <laughs> these past few weeks. You've been asking some hard questions. Well, but it, yeah, it's amazing how you've been able to answer them, uh, you know, down the road. So, so, so speaking of which, so. Um, you know, uh, it, it's good to ask, uh, you know, some w- we ask uh, some questions about guns and, and the gun world here in the United States. And just to, to expand it a little bit, because, um, you know, it's a good thing to do. So how about this one? So the how about this one? The Indian Army, the Indian Army used a unique variant of the SMLE rifle that is still used by their police for today, their police force today. What is it called? Are you talking about the Middle Eastern Indian? No, I'm talking about the Indian. Like the cowboy? Like India. Cowboy. Oh, India. India. Okay, all right. The Indian Army used a unique variant of the SMLE rifle. The SMLE rifle. That is still used by the police force today. What is it called? Uh, you know what? You really got me on this one. I... Uh... I, I, the, the name of their factory that makes them even escapes me. Well, think, I think British for a second. Yeah, I know. Yeah, see, he knew. He knew. He was thinking British. Are you still thinking? Yeah, I, I, I don't have it. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's a first. That's well, what this, the is, this is historic. I but think he, isn't it? he was thinking British. So, so the regular S M L E. Is uh um well anyway what's it called? It's called a Ishapore I S H A P O R E Ishapore two A one. That sounds English. Yeah, the Ishapore. So anyway, that's so. that's the name of the uh, the factory, or I think it might be the name of the town where the factory is that made them or makes them. Yeah, more than likely. And so then the, the regular S M L E is chambered in is uh, three O three. British, but the Ishapur is chambered in uh, 7.62 uh, by 51. So, anyway, Yeah, the that- British converted some of their old Lee Enfields to 7.62 NATO, notably the uh, the L42 sniper rifle in, in order to be compliant. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big world out there. So anyway, so we uh, appreciate that. I knew you were thinking British. And uh, real quick before you go, I, I appreciated your, uh, your family uh, all going out to the uh, – the rally that was in Virginia, and I just wanted to uh, uh, see if you had any last thoughts regarding that. That sounded like a really, really neat deal. Not really. I, th- I think we uh, pretty much gave you guys the whole debrief there. Um, but uh, really, the the latest on it is that, unfortunately, it doesn't look like our efforts have made a whole lot of difference. Uh, maybe they've made some difference, but... Uh, I don't know how much you guys have been following it, but the uh, the two houses of the Virginia legislature have passed, I think, seven different anti-gun bills that are, um, you know, they're they're working their way through the legislature, yeah. and it's it's not looking good for us. Well, and you probably expected them to do that, though, right? They're not going to back down from this. But the uh, the question is how how is everyone going to respond once these things? become law and they start to implement them that that's the big question i would think yeah well a lot of the stuff they've already uh well the the stuff that is in the works it it hasn't been signed into law yet but the the stuff they're working on isn't 
it's it's not stuff that really has to be actively enforced. It's stuff that just requires compliance, like right. background checks, red flag laws, things like that. So it, it's not like they're going to have to go around to people's houses and knock on doors, um, at least not at first. It's just placing additional restrictions on law-abiding people that, I mean, technically you could violate any of these laws without anyone knowing, but then you'd be a criminal. Right. And we've been dealing with that in, in California for oh so long now. But Joe and I were talking kind of during the break uh, last show, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, California, you know, kind of, I don't want to use the word snuck it in, but they, they generally creeped all this stuff in over the years and voila, here we are, where they ramrodded it more. Sorry, probably not a good choice of words, but that's what they did in uh, in Virginia. And and what I was saying was is that it, in the bigger scope and, and picture uh, is that, you know, when you the, the, they've been controlling the, neg- the, the the narrative and controlling the narrative is is their choice of words. And so they've been changing the words on these various things, you know, calling an assault weapon, you know, gun control and all this other stuff. When the reality is, is that that's the first thing you do in propaganda is you change the words, then you control the negative, the narrative. And then from there you, you win the fight. That's what they've done in California. Um, they've uh, been successful now in, in, in doing that and taking that uh, argument and changing those words across the country until we start using our own words. I don't think we're going to win this thing. So we need to start changing the words, not using their words, gun control and the rest of that stuff. It's not an assault rifle, the rest of that stuff. And I pulled up a good article, which I think I'll talk about in the next show about this kind of thing. I'll share it with Joe because I haven't had a chance to do that. Anyway, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for your loyalty, my friend. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again next week. Yeah, I look forward to it, too. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure's all, right. all ours. Hey, and a big hi, say a big hi, hello to your folks for us, too. I will. All right. Hey, folks, we're getting real close to the end of the show, and I really got to you know, throw a shout-out to all of our super, super sponsors. Firearms Legal Protection. They are amazing. San Diego County gun owners. Couldn't do it without them. CCW USA. They keep us totally safe. U.S. Law Shield. Same thing. Cali Key. Heck, I can even put that thing in there. PRMI Mortgage. You know, I mean, if you're doing anything mortgage-wise, he's the man. Gatsky, Dillon, and Balance LLP. Don't take a step unless you've got John in your back pocket. The Gun Range, San Diego. I, I There's just not enough to say about the Gun Range. They've been with us since day one, and they are astoundingly fantastic and professional. And like I always say, they're the, they're the Nordstrom's of gun ranges, just not the price. AO Sword Firearms. Dave is such a knowledgeable person. I don't know what we would do without him. And I really want to thank Lance Pelkey, Michael Schwartz, even though he's not here, Joe Germisi, who's always here, and, of course, the gentleman we just spoke to, Sam the Gunman, what the what, no, most knowledgeable, what is he, 20? That's, yeah. just, that's amazing how I don't, how, I don't yeah, know how he, he I honestly don't know how he does it. That kid must not do anything but guns. He loves it. I know. I mean, I was kind of that way when I was a kid about cars. You still are. Well, sort of, kind of. And we really want to thank Brendan, our board op. He just does a phenomenal job, truly cares about the show. And if you folks want to hear any more shows, podcasts, go to gunsportsradio.com. And if you want to read any of Joe's blogs, since we brag on his blogs all day, go to 
sdcgo.org or sandiegocountygunowners.com. Go to our blog page there. Uh, You'll find them all. All right, Mr. Siegel's in the wings. He's got a great show for you as well right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.